So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2nd of February, which, as far as I'm concerned, this Friday, speaking for Lorna Shore, they're going to have, like, probably one of the biggest merch drops ever. They got hockey jerseys and stuff like that, but we're not talking, we're not interviewing Lorna Shore. So, like, of course, you know, shout out to them because their merch always sells out really quick. But this is going to be episode 16 of the Anatomy Podcast. We've been doing this basically a year now. Um, technically, we just weren't able to get the Spotify uh, uploads done until March last year. So that's really when it started. But this is going to be episode 16. We are here today with none other than Donovan and Blake from Disembodied Tyrants. And this is another one of those projects in the scene right now that I would dare say is bringing the blackest, like most evil elements of metal back into the forefront. And of course, again, Lorna Shore is one of those names too. But I would argue that like, I don't know, like they do black and death corn stuff, but you know, they don't really do corpse paint. They don't really do any of that type of stuff just yet. And that yeah, would they're, be yeah, they're the kind of the top. new the new kind of wave of blackened deathcore kind of thing i feel like they're at the but for sure the forefront of that in terms of popularity exactly yeah. especially with uh to the hellfire breaking and cracking open tiktok like it had like oh dude we... my for you page was just was just to the hellfire for <laughs> months yeah. yeah exactly exactly and that's that's why i am definitely here to interview all of the underdogs in that scene as well because of course they deserve their spotlight as well but yeah. We have good old Donovan and Blake here from Disembodied Tyrants, as I said, and we are here to fulfill the Anatomy Podcast formula, which is an hour session about the first session being for the people, the second for the music, the juicy band questions that y'all love to get answered, etc. So as we migrate into the first half of the session, of course, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. Yeah, it's, we, got, we got about a foot of snow here. Ooh. as of last night so yeah just got a fire going upstairs and yeah feeling good I just got back home from school so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of some of us are still imprisoned by the educational system just kidding stay in school people like it's it's really important get your high school diploma at the very least etc we're promoting that i, I promote that on here because i i at least got my high school diploma but um, i dropped out in fourth grade well, yeah, <laughs> not everybody made it through the system, but like, just, just try if, if you're still in school, just try to your best to get through school. If not, you know, no, no pressure, no pressure from a, uh, a very tiny, vaguely uh, influencer face with a podcast, you know, you get it. I'm, I'm not really that big yet. So don't listen to me, but you know, just try to get through school people. Um, anyways, <laughs> so getting started, let's see. Donovan um, and Blake, just kind of introduce yourself, basically tell the audience what you guys do for Disembodied Tyrants, and uh, we will kind of move forward from there. Okay, so I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm Donovan Parchment. I'm the, uh, I'm pretty much the uh, one who started the band. I'm also the vocalist. I'm 16 years old. Um, I started it, I started this band about last year and uh just transitioning into my 10th grade year of high school and um I really did not think that this band would be as big 
as it is for a high schooler. Right. Especially a 16-year-old. I didn't think it would be as big as it is now. But, you know, I'm very thankful for that and all the people that listen to our music and all the reactions and all the nice things that we've been getting, like all the nice words that we've been hearing. Right. And all that stuff. It's really like... And I'm, you know, being 16, I, there's, there was, my mom told me that there was either two routes I could take this, either be really egotistical about it or yeah. be really humble about it. And I chose really humble. So that's the know. way to go. I would argue because the thing is, and like, obviously I'll be talking about this in a, in a different upload completely. And this is just me reflecting upon my own opinion, but as time goes on, I'm noticing that more and more bands kind of have an elitist mindset over time. Like the moment yeah. they start getting good numbers on streams and videos and um, yeah, to say the least, that turns their live performance and live experience into not the best thing. And for those who know, know who have, uh, you know, kind of participated in my actual life recently on Facebook like mm -mm, we're not about that here it's it's not cool to act like you're better than the people that make sure you fucking exist but <laughs> with that being said i'll leave the rest of that for the other upload but yeah much appreciated that you decided to take the humble route instead of taking a more just elitist and kind of like oh this is our band um and we hope you like it if not <laughs> suck my dick or something like that because it <laughs> yeah, doesn't a lot of that. work yeah, there's a lot of that today. <laughs> there's a lot of that today. And yeah. I mean, sure as hell, it's not welcome on this podcast. We're all human beings. We're all artists. We're all creative individuals. And that's it. You know, the numbers can stack up. The streams can stack up for bands like To the Grave, Signs of the Swarm, Warm Shepherd, Distant, mm -hmm. who have also been on this podcast before. But it's like, you got to keep your head on your shoulders and not have your head be above the clouds while the rest of you is improvising where to go because you can't see what's in front of you quite literally like imagine having a neck that long too and just like feeling that high on your ego but yeah <laughs> in other words um yeah definitely grateful that disembodied tyrants is another project that will be fulfilling that more human more humble more mortal um embodiment as a band and you know even though it's disembodied it seems to embody very very you know, good standards, very good morale. So grateful for that. Blake, what can you so, tell us about yourself? What do you do for disembodied tyrants? Well, I I guess I should start on how I joined a band. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I, I post on maybe maybe once every six months or something. <laughs> Don was on a, a knocked loose kick and I had a couple instrumental covers uh, uploaded there and he saw him, and I think you saw a Veil Maya one too, didn't you? Ooh, yeah, so good. yeah, and um, I guess they were just looking for a guitarist, and he hit me up and on Thanksgiving Day last year, actually, and Fun. I kind of figured, what do I really have to lose? Exactly, um, and so I have a lot of, I'd say, producing experience. I've worked with a lot of small local bands or just friends or you yeah. know some slightly bigger names as well but my role in those wasn't really that applicable um, right and don didn't even know that when he contacted me he just saw that i was a guitar player right and um so i kind of figured you know maybe it would do some good for my career to uh 
to join up. And actually, it's funny. Uh, they wanted me to write songs for the band. And because the, the older stuff, um, the stuff that's out, yeah. isn't really playable by a human. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they kind of wanted a little shift in style. And as when I joined, I really had no idea I could write. Mm. It was kind of a um, bit of a journey for me. I mean, right before I joined, I got hired to write a song. And that was the first song I had written in years. Okay. And then I get this offer right after that. And so I just kind of knuckled down. And, you know, I think we have two and a half songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. And when Don found out that I have um, producing experience, we decided to track the vocals together, um, which was a very, very painful process, uh, given that we had to do it remotely. <laughs> but uh, we right. made it work. And that was one of the things that really made me stay with the band, like you just said, is that Don is not your average vocalist. Yeah. He is, <laughs> he is very, um, I, you always got to tread lightly. Um, Speaking from a producer and an engineer's point of view, you always have to tread very lightly your first time working with a singer. Yes. And Don immediately took every single thing I threw at him. Um, you know, it was completely 100% equal. You know, yes. I think this would be cool. He would do it. We would like it. We wouldn't, you know, there was right. absolutely no ego involved at all. And I was like, man, I really should stay, you know, because for a little bit, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I can't really write that well but yeah and that's that's always important when it comes to yes, getting a band working out so yeah that's yeah. The, that's really the the founding like the foundations for a, what yeah. will be a castle of a band i'm sure because when it comes to it's just like a relationship the mm -hmm. a band is actually the most complicated relationship on the planet because oh, you yeah. early on have to establish this almost brotherly bond. Basically, mm -hmm. imagine driving around, like touring, especially with touring, driving in the, around the world with your family members or with a new structured family, but they mm -hmm. all happen to also be really good at playing instruments. And yeah. also they're, they're, you know, they don't clash heads like siblings. So not really a family, but, you know, obviously a brotherhood is forged. So naturally... Like when chemistry is good between all of the band members, that's really where things can get started. And then on top of that, on top of that, everything that happens outside the band with just human relationships and how these individuals think and act, that also is what is responsible for the band staying together. And mm -hmm. that's just like, that's just speaking on a level of chemistry and just understanding and talking to all the bands I already have. Yeah. Like that's yeah. really, really important. That's the probably so, the most important thing. Exactly. And then the on chemistry top in the of band. That, yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, when you're able to resonate and kind of interconnect, you all mesh into one being and make music. That's the next step. That's also chemistry, but almost on a spiritual level. It's really weird. But yeah, Don and I um really really kind of hit it off. Like we talk on the phone and every day just yeah. chatting about shit you know yeah it's just yeah. you know and it we're kind of like pretty close friends now and it's it's really solidified i feel like my place in the band and i feel very at home here now even though i'm only been here for a couple months that's you good know, it's um that was my yeah, it's, goal yeah. when bringing him on board to the band is that as soon as he joined the band 
he told me, well, he told the group chat of our members that he was kind of worried to voice his opinion. And I was like, right. You're, you're a part of the band now. So like, if you have an opinion, say it no matter what, because if you're a part of this band, now you're a part of disembodied tyrant. Every fan of me is now a fan of you. Every fan of you is now a fan of our drummer and this, that, third. we're all in this together. So, you know, I try and, that was my main goal was to make everybody feel as home as possible, which is, you know, if they have an opinion, I listen as best as I can, no matter what, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, um, yeah, it's just. Basically- yeah. Yeah. When he, when he told me that it was like, a, Oh, finally I can, <laughs> I can kind of breathe. Cause every, literally almost every experience I've had, um, working with a band, um, has always some sort of inner band trump like you know drama or something with right creative differences or something or you know this is yeah. my band this isn't your band or or exactly. something like that so it was a very i was very relieved in that moment and yeah yeah, yeah it's a blessing it's a blessing mm-hmm. to enjoy the art produce the art and create like friendships with the people that you're working with like bands out there in the world who don't do most of those things that I just mentioned, like I constantly worry about that. I don't have it at the back of my mind even because there are so many millions of bands that you don't have the time and energy as one person to think about it all. But Mm -hmm. you think about those projects and you're like, damn, how long are those going to (laughs) last? Yeah. They usually don't last very long. Usually don't last. I have an almost an entire hard drive full of bands that I've worked with that ended up splitting before the release. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. to say the least, people disembody tyrant, that's not going to happen. Or at least no. it, the, no, it <laughs> like they, they seem to be doing good. They seem to be all working together really well. I make this sound like, you know, there was drama, but, you know, there, there never has been. And they're here to stay. They're here to stay mm-hmm. and unleash hell. And um, let's see the the northern regions so uh my next question would be basically where uh, are you guys from the same state or the same part of the u.s no so before i got blake along it was just me and this uh songwriter from russia well moldova to be specific and that's when that's who i wrote uh eclipse part one with and um you know, we got contacted by some people that were basically like, hey, we want you to play some live shows, but you, you're you just basically. You're in D.C., right? Yeah. Yeah. Your uh, mic cut out. Yeah, I don't hear anything. Right, right. Oh, it's back. Oh, there we go. Okay, back. cool. Sick. <laughs> so I do apologize. Uh, let's see. So. Sorry. Um, you, I think the last where you left off, Donovan, you were talking about, um, musicians that you were working with and they reached yeah. out to you and they're like, Hey, we want you to play live shows, but, and then it cut off. And I'm like, Damn. yeah. So <laughs> what's the name? Uh, they wanted us to play live shows, but it's just basically me. It was me and that guy from Russia. And there was no way that we were going to play any of our material right. live with just us two. Yeah. So I decided to uh, just start searching for guitarists and I found Blake, found a drummer, and now with 
you know, he he lives on Central Timing, right? Uh, just outside of St. Louis. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, okay. Yeah, and I'm on Maryland. I'm in, I live in D.C. I live on uh, Eastern Time, so it's just us two as of right now. Well, not no, it's not us two. We have a drummer, but you know, that's um, we're the we're the two that that um really do the songs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The the drummer's kind of there for. Uh, live purposes and yes. you know stuff like that but yeah don um I, yeah yeah don yeah. lives in dc i'm in st louis so okay well kind of uh taking a step back without a doubt like plenty of information that you you guys have unveiled for the podcast and by all means much appreciated so we got donovan you're from maryland and then blake you're from st louis missouri right yep all right so Wanted to dive into that a little bit as well and kind of just get a background on where y'all came from. Um, of course, growing up, um, all that fun stuff, how you got into music, because that's really what the first half is for, is just like learning your musical background, what you, what got you into music, and even the artists that have majorly influenced what Disembodied Tyrant is now and is mm -hmm. going to be in the future. So either one of you can start, doesn't really matter who. Um, but basically just kind of give background on, you know, where you were, where you grew up and what got you into the role that you're fulfilling now. Okay. So, um, I'll go first. When I was maybe around three years old, I grew up, I grew up in, uh, Queen, Queens, New York. Uh, okay. when I was about Sick. three years old, my brother had a PSP and I was like, he had old, like very old corn songs and I think a Winds of Plague album on there. And oh, that shit. basically just shot my metal journey, just sent it running. So <laughs> after that, I'd say around maybe the six, seven, like eight years old stage, I was listening to like old, like corn and slipknot songs on my ipad on soundcloud thinking that it was <laughs> the heaviest thing i've ever heard in my entire life right and i think i had a weird dubstep journey but that was because corn did that album with skrillex yeah no i yeah. know what you're talking about it was still a pretty good album yeah so i had that journey but uh, around 2012 is like when everything changed where i where they uh infinite annihilator released that cunt crusher drum cover and i really wanted to play drums but mm. they released that cunt crusher drum video that got massive numbers and i watched it and i was like holy shit what is this band i'm like <laughs> yeah. i'm like 10 years old <laughs> i was listening i've i've basically that's basically shot my deathcore journey up pretty much i haven't listened in, i haven't listened to anything else but uh, black metal in deathcore since I was 10 years old or yeah and I have a yeah, he's steeped in it yeah I have a yeah. playlist on my phone called A plus slams and it has 500 songs on it of just pure deathcore that I <laughs> it's 48 hours long and I listen to it every single day I don't wow any other genre could do it for me but um what got me into doing vocals was I just started two years ago, really. I just started taking vocals seriously maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, I I just was like, you know what? 
I sat down one day and I was listening to, I think Infinite Annihilator dropped that new album. And I was like, I think I might want to just start doing this because it sounds cool. And so I just sat down and I looked up how to do a fry screen. And that pretty much just shot everything there. I learned, I'm self-taught with everything else. I just was like, huh, how do you do a fry screen? YouTube. And there you go. Yeah. And I'd say Dickie Allen or Dickie Allen and maybe trying to think of another vocalist that has give a crack at vocals. This might cut out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those late favorites. But I feel like there's someone there you're missing. Someone I'm missing. No. <laughs> if you're asking someone I'm missing out of that list, I, I want to say probably the guy from Behemoth. Nurgle. Yeah, Nurgle. Yeah. He's probably one of my bigger influences. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, yep. we're good. Yep. All right. Sorry about that. I'm no worries. having technical difficulties. So where we last left off this time, <laughs> um, I think it was after you were mentioning the Deathcore playlist that you had yeah. and that you would like play all day. It was almost, almost like 40 hours long. And yep. so that's where we left off. <laughs> Hopefully okay, we won't have any more difficulties. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But uh, what I was saying was that... Um, yeah, so that pretty much shot my career, like what I wanted to do up to the top. And in vocals, vocals wise, why I started a year and a half ago was basically I was just like, oh, these guys are doing it. It sounds cool. I'm going to try yeah. it. So I basically YouTubed how to do a fry screen. And that's it from there. I just self-taught <laughs> my I just self-taught myself how to do gutturals, tunnel throw, all these crazy techniques. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, I've been but the thing is is that I've been adamantly practicing this for maybe I, I've learned how to do it the first like four months. I was like, okay, cool. But then I started making covers and it started getting really addicting and I would yeah, I I maybe practiced every single day for eight months on right. how to do vocals and stuff. And yeah, my biggest influences vocally, Dickie Allen. Right, um, the beast. Yep, Duncan Bentley from Volvadania, my favorite vocalist. And, Fuck um, yes. Uh, Nurgle from Behemoth, because Behemoth is probably hands down my favorite band ever to exist. So, Sweet. Yeah, and those are really, really big and iconic vocalist period like duncan bentley is probably one of my favorite vocalists as well um obviously shout out to the homies we got devin duarte from warm shepherd we have um let's see let's see we have greg formerly of shrine um he's he's a he's a homie for sure um and Probably other than that, there's Agung from Makluk, if you're familiar with that project. Yeah, I'm we, very we, familiar with that. I, I love <laughs> so much. And we had him on the podcast as well. Like, big shout out to him. He was such an awesome guest. But, yeah, those are really, really good. Uh, those are really good inspirations. Those are big names in the scene. And, shit, I have yet to see Behemoth live. I would love to see them live one day. 
um, have a conversation with Nurgle himself. I think there that would be an experience for that sure. Would, yeah, yeah, hands down, one of the only musicians that I know and feel that I could trust and respect who's burned a Bible live on stage. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like we're we're all about that here. Obviously, not burning the Bible, maybe, but you know, just kind of on the on the fence. It's all with that imagery. Right now. It's, it's all, all imagery, imagery. exactly. Yeah. But with that being said, I do appreciate uh, you sharing that with us, Donovan, and sh um, sharing with the, us your inspirations and what got you into vocals. So, Blake, <laughs> what is your story, my friend? Obviously, coming from St. Louis, Missouri, got a lot going on. But how did everything kind of bring you to now? Well, I um, started playing drums when I was four. My dad is a drummer, and he, uh, you know, taught me all the basic rudiments and and you know how to play a beat kind of thing and then the older i got the more i kind of took it from there and when i was about 10 i got into prog i started <laughs> learning dream theater songs and stuff um and then when i was 12 i started playing guitar and i took that very very seriously um and i said i dropped out in fourth grade i did and i was homeschooled but um it turned it pretty much turned into you know maybe an, an hour or two of school a day right. and then I would just practice after that so I took guitar very very seriously and then when I was about uh, 17 18 I kind of realized this doesn't mean anything unless I can record it so I went out bought a laptop um, I had a pretty nice amp I still have a PV6534 plus so I bought a load box for that and an interface and easy drummer too and then I just started kind of doing demos or whatever um, but it kind of turned into a um, I was just writing things to have something to try and mix right so pretty much immediately I gravitated towards the production side of things um, and then kind of I joined uh, Nail the Mix which is a you know yeah kinda mixing. I know yeah I know what that and is. so ever since I joined them I kind of stopped writing and focused on just as much production and mixing stuff as I could, you know, with engineering and everything. And so that I pretty much grinded on that for, I think the start of 2019, all the way to the, to now still really. Right. Um, and in 2020, when quarantine happened, I started to actually get some traction, uh, was doing session playing for guitar, uh, writing program drums, um, you know, just producing bands in general. Exactly. Uh, quite a few mixing gigs, you know, just kind of the usual. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got here. Right. And obviously we've, we've kind of overviewed and reviewed upon, you know, how you guys met up and um, mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. So to say the least, that's actually a good way to wrap up the first half of the session. Um, and I do appreciate you guys' time thus far. I'll do apologies for the technical difficulties again. But no problem. As we migrate into the second half of the anatomy podcast session for disembodied tyrants, which is really cool. We're just like adding more and more names onto this list that I did not expect. But the first juicy question for the band half of the podcast would be, how did you end up coming up with a name disembodied tyrant? Uh, well, okay. So lore time. Um, <laughs> so basically 
it was kind of funny because that band that you just mentioned, uh, I can't pronounce it. M A. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're uh, Filipino or Indonesian, one of the two. But I basically one of their songs, I think the bridge was about a demon, an Indonesian demon. Right. So basically, I was going through Indonesian demons and just looking up one to find one about the bridge, and I came across. I can't pronounce it, but it's like M-A-N-N-A-G-G-A-L, Manana Gull or something like that. Yeah, okay. A Banana Golf. Yeah. <laughs> Banana Golf. Yeah, it's a vampire <laughs> with half a body that goes around and eating pregnant women's children while they're asleep. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I was like, that sounds fucking metal, but I can't. <laughs> But I'm not about to name a band something very banana cool. golf. Yeah. yeah, I'm not about to name <laughs> banana band. golf. So <laughs> yeah, so I basically came up with disembodied tyrant. Okay. Yeah. That's actually really dope. And hands down, like this is a definitely a creative suggestion, but I think as a shout out to him and stuff in the future, if you guys ever get the opportunity, um, definitely incorporate the artwork for that demonic entity and um like i don't know even like put in parentheses below or whatever and just like even if it's upside down so it's subliminal and only like true fans see it they're like oh shit is that what i think it is like just put in the name for the monster there i think that'd be really cool and people are like what is banana golf (laughs) 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 or something (laughs) but that's actually really dope that's really dope to hear that bands that we've already had on the podcast are responsible for the names of other projects that are now emerging and now premiering themselves now debuting themselves on the podcast which is really really fucking cool and that's that's one way to just kind of expand this big project i've been investing into for so long i've had a lot of luck coming up with band names like i had my first band ever when i was 15 Mm -hmm. was uh divine obliteration and everybody was like that's a fucking sick name yeah it was a good name and the way I got it was basically uh, from the 2019 Infinite Annihilator album where he just said <laughs> it. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty fucking cool. Divine <laughs> obliteration. Like, yeah, I basically yeah, yeah. just was like, okay, yeah, that's a band name. <laughs> no, that's actually really cool. That's actually really cool. And like, I have to say, I give you credit because most people on the podcast are like, yeah, we were just coming up with random names and that just sounded cool but like at the very least that's like yeah we were just coming up with names it sounded cool and it was based off an indonesian demon like that just has more depth to it that just has more spice to it and yeah, especially because yeah you know, everything don does has about 800 motives behind it <laughs> i noticed like all of the lyrics are very intertwined with the entire lore of the band um yeah, it, yeah. it's really special to see a vocalist take uh, this so seriously especially at his age exactly so yeah it's pretty incredible and i definitely have had the opportunity to listen to uh disembodied tyrant to do my homework a little bit love y'all's uh devil man cry baby amv <laughs> for one of your songs because that was like one of the most traumatizing animes i have ever seen i watch it every time i cry every time like a little baby and it's just very emotional it's very dark but because of that, I've seen, you know, Shrine of Malice did it back during the Sheol uh, album cycle 
and I think to be honest, I, I want to say this because I'm like, you know, they're pr- I'm proud of them. They're homies of mine. Like, I want to say that they're one of the first deathcore bands, at least, to start doing anime music videos, but I'm not yeah. completely sure about that. So I think it was them. If yeah, not, I'm, they were definitely one of the first. Exactly. And like after that, really, that's when I started seeing the Suicide Boys edits for the final Naruto fight between Sasuke mm-hmm. and Naruto. That's mm-hmm. when I really started seeing those get bigger and bigger, too. So I'm like, wait, was Shrine actually responsible for people like using AMVs more? But on another note, you know, migrating from the what could have been the beginning of that, it's cool to see even more bands doing that, such as you guys. There's Dragon Corpse. There's Man Made God. Like plenty, plenty of bands mm-hmm. in the scene because yeah. we are we're all freaking weebs, man. And then if if not, they're still really good music videos. <laughs> like they're really. Yeah, it, it's kind of I kind of <laughs> feel like um like an outsider because I've I've watched like two animes my entire life. I'm like All the right. one person that isn't a weeb. Like I've seen Death Note and One Punch Man. That's it. <laughs> that still like. counts. That yeah, still counts. Yeah. Although still... Death Note's kind of like I feel like everybody has seen Death Note at least once. Yeah, but that's why it's that's why it's part of the starter pack, man. You got like it is. Yeah. Speaking for anime starter packs and stuff, and like the more edgy, more dark. Like I want to be in a in an emo band or i want to like you know not speaking mm-hmm. for this band by any means but oh you know, i know what you mean yeah. back when those animes were coming out it's like i'm emo but i also like anime what's what is something dark and cruel and even noir um in mm-hmm. vibe but also anime and you got you got shows like a uh, future diary you got death note a comic got kill kill a kill kind of but not really that's more just like <laughs> really action anime yeah action anime you got uh let's see there's blood sea there's um parasite which is one of my favorites there's berserk like dude the list goes on but yeah. gritty dark anime that you can also relate to because you're in a heavy metal band like it's that's kind of what those shows like are. how many of them have like really heavy intros for songs exactly like really extreme metal i was kind of surprised Ooh, yes. with, the de- with the death note intro when my girlfriend made me watch it yep. but yeah i was like what what is this so depend yeah. like real quick um out, like on a more personal level and stuff like uh which anime did you enjoy more like with your first I liked, two i think they're so different right know, yeah i liked i'm a very light-hearted person i think Oh, okay. um, so I think I liked One Punch Man. I enjoyed it more, but I will say the the experience of watching Death Note was yeah. probably something I will never forget. Right. Well, because I've never been exposed to that kind of thing, and like the yeah. the pure tension throughout that show was was really something special. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, if you are a lighthearted person and you you don't like the 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 whispers, the tragic whispers of tragedy. Then do not watch Devil Man. <laughs> like by all means, do not it's watch. Not that, it's not that I don't <laughs> like it. It's just my um. I I work so much. Mm. Like I I sleep maybe five hours a night. So it's like oh. I don't really have the mental energy to like commit to yeah something that's very emotionally intense. Because I'm you know right yeah yeah no that makes sense. Fair enough. Well, in that case. Yeah, One Punch Man is definitely a good show for people who are just like kind of wanting even background noise as a show. Yeah, I loved it. It was so fucking funny. It was so funny. (laughs) But if anything, uh, next question as we as we continue this little journey with 
the with the beginning really um of disembodied tyrant as they're preparing to make their next step as a band whenever they do um when y'all were starting disembodied tyrant did you guys have any goals early on creatively speaking or um any goals that you were wanting to make that like no other band has done before for black and deathcore deathcore counterculture etc yeah so going into making disembodied tyrant my goal was to just make something that will punch you in the fucking face like <laughs> right. So there's so many like you can reach in the side of your couch and pull out a death uh black and deathcore band and there's so <laughs> many of them out there. Yeah. And it's just a whole bunch of symphonic elements or black metal riffs. Right. But going into the first EP of Disembodied Tyrant, I my main goal was to just may have extremely fast double bass fucking zeros and ones <laughs> and gutturals as low as possible so basically right. slam but have it still the brutal a, a deathcore brutality and we kind of landed on a like a scale between meth witch and black tongue where that's a good like combo man those are good bands where it was just like extremely fast and technical, but somehow also very slow. So yeah, that's cool. I like that. Pretty much where we uh, landed on for Eclipse Part One. Okay, and I mean hell yeah, I dude by all means, man. Um, Cameron McBride, if you happen to be checking out any of these episodes, hopefully this will be the one that you check out. I definitely want. I definitely want to get you on the podcast as well. That would be fucking sick. Or Alex from Blacktown. That would be fucking sick. Because those are two very iconic bands. And that is one way to compare your project is to the very, just like almost, I would even compare Methwitch to the musical embodiment of like The Exorcist. And just yeah. all of that, yeah. all that that has to offer. Because even the main marketed songs, the first premiere songs to promote what ended up being in well like oh my god i don't think i've heard anything that is legitimately what you would hear in a spirit box in a very very intense spirit box session as i did when i listened to meth Witch. so that's that's a yeah. really good comparison and yeah listening to meth Witch for the first time like um <laughs> when i growing up i didn't really listen to I did when I was like 14, 15, I listened to a lot of deathcore and stuff, but I, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like I barely listen to it anymore. Um, right. I I'm, honestly, I listen to more pop punk than anything poser, whatever, but um, no, not it's kind of, it's when I first heard meth, Witch, it was the first time in years that I'd actually felt terrified. <laughs> you know, it was like the first thing that gave me the level of stress that, <laughs> listening to deathcore when i was like 13 did right it was it's a very special project i think it's just one guy it is I, yeah yeah it, he's he's got yeah dude's an animal dude's an animal mm -hmm. guaranteed another white kid in the neighborhood who actually can unleash the devil in the mic and oh yeah fucking recording process like oh yeah meth which is unparalleled and the fact that like meth which and you know two other projects that's his collective efforts is like beyond me he has like a pop punk project or something as well. Not even really. Kidding. Yeah. Not even fucking kidding. <laughs> That's he awesome. has, yeah, he has like a punk, he has a pop punk project or 
um, maybe even a vaporwave project. I don't wow. really catch. Yeah, I don't really follow up with him that well, just because I can only imagine working on three projects and then trying to uh, promote all those by yourself can be difficult. Oh, yeah. But all I know is he does have three different projects and they are all incredibly just polar opposite. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but in the best of ways, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's actually a really cool way to bridge uh, two different bands. And, I mean, honestly, um, what has been the most, like, shocking thing being disembodied tyrants been so far? Like, what's been a major milestone and stuff that you guys um, maybe perhaps from, a, of course, a more humble and human point of view, just like, shit, I didn't know this would be a thing. Oh, there, there's, a, there's one. And I think Blake knows what I'm about to mm -hmm. talk about. Yeah, so, I know. No. the guy there was a guy that sent me a picture on instagram of the we have an emblem he tattooed the emblem on the side of his face and it's about this big what the fuck and, yeah that was yeah that was very surreal and me being 16 just like <laughs> i was fucking losing it like i was losing <laughs> my mind over a <laughs> Somebody got a tattoo of the emblem on the side of their fate. That's going to be stuck with them until they die. And they yeah. got it of my band because of my band and the work that I've put in. And that was that moment was so surreal. And it was probably one of the greatest feelings i've ever felt in i will probably ever feel in my entire life like that right was a moment of just like i i started crying a little bit because yeah. i was like i started yeah. it was it wasn't meant to be this big <laughs> like, it wasn't, like i yo. nah that's that's nuts that's really nuts and i've seen the i've seen the emblem for disembodied tyrants and it's like it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot to put on your face too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, fucking the most, crazy. The most surreal thing for me um, was, I think, probably just the fact that I came into this um, not really knowing that I could write, and then having our first demo that I did um, be sent to um, musicians that I've loved for years that don is friends with because don knows everybody somehow <laughs> yeah and he was stoked <laughs> on it and i was like holy shit this yeah. dude that i've looked up to for years um heard my song and loved it and it was kind of this moment of like oh okay this is actually a thing i'm not just writing to write you know there's a purpose to my my efforts here so yeah no that's actually super cool mm. and i mean as as disembodied tyrants um or disembodied tyrant single 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 blah, blah, blah. single tense there we go mm -hmm. um <laughs> as y'all continue moving forward you so far have eclipse part one out so what is like what is the next step going to be for this project like, oh man should we, uh, we be expecting anything this I, year i can take yep. this one i can take this one down <laughs> the, I actually really wanted to talk about this on the podcast because yes. um, it, it kind of weighs on me a little bit um, since they um, the dude who did um, Eclipse Part 1 okay. um, isn't 
really writing for the band anymore. I kind of filled that role since I'm an actual kind of guitar player. Yes. And it is very different. So I kind of I kind of worry sometimes that like you know the guy that got our emblem tattooed on his face I'm like oh, what if he doesn't like the new stuff and he gets it yeah. like laser removed or something <laughs> but um, it's very we have a we have a single coming out February twenty fourth on Slam Worldwide it's a lyric video and I I wrote the song I produced the song I tracked the vocals with Don I wrote all the drums the bass the guitars recorded everything besides vocals mixed right. and i'm just now getting finished with mastering i think um okay. so this has completely kind of consumed my life <laughs> for the past two months um i i think it's really good albeit it is very different from eclipse it's okay. very very different but yeah we got that we have uh, you know, two and a half songs that we're completely done with, and we're going to have Don come out in the beginning of April, and I have, you know, a nice mic setup, good preamps, interface, all that well-treated right. room. We're going to track vocals here over the span of a week for the whole EP, and that should be coming out, you know, later this year. So that's what Fair. we got going for now. Yeah. And by all means, we will be here. Like, I will be more than happy to join you guys and help you promote um, all of your endeavors this year. If y'all want to, I can jump on a reaction with you and we can react to this new song uh, live, like, as soon as it comes out, of course, because I know it's like you got to get their song released and then, you know, you can do a reaction. And that's mainly been with bands that have record labels like warm shepherd so yeah. if y'all want to i'd be more than happy to react Definitely. per se with yeah. you on uh, the song sure. and i mean i'll show up in the corpse paint and non-obligatory non -oblig obligatory there we go <laughs> um such a word but i'll be showing up in corpse paint and there you have it folks we have mr donovan and blake of disembodied tyrant is a band that is emerging from the warm wood of the scene and they have a, they have an EP out already they have a couple music videos out already um, anime music videos through Slam Worldwide and stay tuned for February 24th because that so far and until further notice will be when they release their new song yep. so you gentlemen be sure to enjoy your day thank you for stopping by well, thank and you for having us of course yeah. By all means, I want to promote as many stories in the scene as possible and just, you know, kind of get involved because it's it's super fun. And, you know, it's it's cool to get to know everybody that is, like, trying their damnest to get something out there. But we will be seeing you guys on the 24th. Otherwise, have a great day and take care of yourselves. You yep. too. Thank you. You too, man. Of course. By all means. Later, guys.